0: can't cowboy a dog no
1: no you can't
0: there's, there's there's a lot of cowboys that will get on a, a salty horse or whatever and you know what by the end of the day the horse's head's between his legs it's tired you and bet. they can go rope a cow on it and it might not look pretty but they can cowboy it you but bet. there's no cowboying a dog <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Working Dog Podcast. I'm your host, Allison Erskine. Come along while I interview the top handlers and clinicians around the world while hearing their stories of both failure and triumph and get their view on what
2: it takes to have a good working dog. How are there out there looking for a job with good dogs that are gonna actually, you know, cause I mean, show
1: up and and I mean, yeah. if they was
2: if the guy was standing right there and you propose it like that, feedlot you guys are gonna be, well, heck yes, because I'm, you know, in a, at the point where they're bringing in foreign workers, foreign workers you yes. know, to do these jobs and dealing with all sorts of issues with that. Um, so we're, I mean, how do you cultivate those kind of guys?
0: I think you'll cultivate them when they see that there's a benefit to yeah. to be that guy. Yeah. right now I, I I go to brand news because I like roping and I, I, you yeah. see lots of guys that come up to you and say yeah I want I want a dog like that you bet everyone does it Yeah. Uh, and they, but they also have to realize to get a dog like that you have to work Oh, really man. hard. but mm-hmm. like you don't just buy a puppy, which they all do, <laughs> yes. and think that because it's three years old, it's going to know, come by and Oh,
2: mind. I think that's the biggest barrier right there is people underestimate the amount of work that goes into building and maintaining those dogs, and it does require a lot of stockmanship. And not everybody, if you don't have that naturally, it's going to take you ten times more work to accomplish it. Yes.
1: Or even buying the dog, like you know, there's lots of people that go out and they buy a started dog or a finished dog. And they think they're going to go out and they're going to change the world with this dog. But all of a sudden they run into a problem because the dog doesn't actually work for them that well. You know, it takes more than 20 minutes mm-hmm. for that dog to work for them. You and know, you,
0: And you can't cowboy a dog. No. No, you can't. There's there's, there's a lot of cowboys that will get on a, a salty horse or whatever. And you know what? By the end of the day, the horse's head's between his legs. It's tired. Yeah. And they can go rope a cow on it. It might not look pretty, but they can cowboy it. You bet. But there's no cowboy in a dog. Yeah. You, totally different you, mindset. You can't, you can't you can't, miss steps in a dog and, and have a finished product. Like yeah. you,
1: it comes back to can. being more the mental side of the dog too, though, right? Where you don't have a physical attribute where you're touching that dog all day, like a horse or a colt. You have to get inside their mind and make them crave and want it. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of a horse, you can kind of force him to do this and that for the most part. Yes.
0: And they might have a hard mouth by the end of it. Yeah. But they've learned if I just stay by to that cow's hip and he's going to throw a rope on me, he's going to dally it, he might jerk my withers right off when, comes, <laughs> yeah. when the rope comes tight. But And they just buy another one. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But that, so I, I, there is a problem, but there's also, in, I, I fully believe if I. If individuals, young people, even older people, they can see that there's a benefit of getting that skill, they'll do it. People do it all the time. They go to school to be doctors and they go to school for 12, 15 years. Well, the only way someone's gonna do that bullshit is if they can see the end result. They'll they'll sit in school for 15 years, but no one's gonna go train a dog for multiple hours on end, usually after work in the middle of the night with the truck headlights on. Mm -hmm. If they don't see a benefit, unless they truly crave it, I obviously craved it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it didn't. I was going to do it whether I did this job or not. I, I loved it.
1: So, Callan, let's back up a little bit before we get too deep into this. Um, time to introduce him. I guess it's time to introduce <laughs> him. Fifteen minutes later, um, <laughs> uh, welcome back to the Working Dog Podcast. Today we're sitting down with Callan Deuce of Deuce Stock Dogs. Um, he's located near the Cardston area, right on the bottom of Alberta near the U.S. border. And uh, Laura and I have come down to look at some bulls and talk dogs and maybe work some dogs too. So, Callan, why don't you just talk to us a little bit about where you grew up, where you started, and tell us a little bit about that, uh, the younger Callan.
0: Alrighty. Um, He's not old, by the way. Well, no. <laughs> um, I actually grew up literally just over the hill. So my dad managed um, a ranch. Um, just south of Cardston. And so I lived out there um, for my whole life. Before that, he, we were in the same location, but he managed a bull stud. So he, um, he collected semen on, on high end bulls and he managed that for a while. Then he switched. And so I was raised on a ranch um, just south of Cardston. Um, majority of, well, I guess, my past life is we, we I, I rode quite a bit. In high school, so I calf rope team rope steer wrestled, and rode some saddle ground. Not that I was great at any of yeah, yeah. any of those, so I did that. Um, so I, I've always had a love for the ranching lifestyle uh, from little. I mean, I was riding calves when I was four years old, or however mm-hmm. old you are when you you start that. So yeah. mm-hmm. um, I don't know. The, the agriculture has just been a part of my life since forever Mm -hmm. um let's see anything else interesting i i actually stepped away from agriculture for about eight years um not because i didn't want to be in it but just because i didn't know if i would have a financial future where'd you go and it so i plumbed i was a plumber oh really for eight years um but i didn't leave that totally so i shouldn't say i left it but i plumbed all day and then I rode horses all night Mm -hmm. and I did that for eight years and I saw this opportunity of the job I have now and obviously I wasn't happy with where I was I was making money but I wasn't happy with what I was doing and um, so when I I was I got married so I guess I'm married and I have three kids I have a seven-year-old daughter um, a five-year-old boy and a coming two-year-old boy Mm -hmm. as well And, um, so yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. So when I was, I guess I should explain when I was first married, um, I told my wife I'm buying a Border Collie and and she was like, you don't even know how to train a dog. And I said, well, I'll, I'll figure it out. And I guess, um, a cool experience I, I had when I was younger, I worked for a, a ranch. Dan and Terry Nelson's out in Mountain View. I don't know if you know Kent Nelson. Yep. His parents. And Kent came home for the summer and we were moving a group of cows, like I can't even remember where, but he had a a collie with him and I remember Kent said away or whatever Whatever. it was and that dog took off. I was like, that's that's amazing. And we were going down a gravel road and that dog just ran up to the, the approach where and he, he lied him down, and cows just kept going. I was like, and I remember thinking, when I have a place of my own or I'm married, I'm buying a Border Collie. And, yeah. and so that's that was my first time seeing a. And
1: that was your aha moment. Yeah, to, and yeah. all it took. And I was yeah.
0: probably 15 or 16 oh, okay. at that time. So,
1: so when is the. Ty, you waited till your marriage married to get your first board calling? Yeah, well,
0: I mean, before I was married, I was ro- living with roommates, and yeah. Yeah, yeah. obviously I wasn't going to have a dog, but yeah, yeah. when I got married and I had my own place, then, yeah, I, I actually got sick, and I was on Kijiji or Facebook or something, <laughs> and I saw this dog, I phoned a couple of people and said, hey, this is a dog, this is bloodlines." I didn't know anything, yeah. and one of the individuals I phoned said, well, if you don't buy it, I will, so... That's always motivation. I, yeah, it's. I was like, yeah, take my money. Yeah. So I went and uh, phoned the lady, and she said, well, actually, it was spoken for, and the other people couldn't come up with the rest of the deposit. Started so it or a pup? It was a puppy. Yeah. And if you pay the rest of the thing out, you can have it. So. Nice. yeah, Me and my wife had the fight that night that I was getting the dog, and I said, well, you can come with me or not. I'm coming, going in the morning to get the dog, and she jumped, jumped in, and that's how we. So tell us dogs. about that
1: dog. Is it still around or?
0: That's actually my Lexi. Oh really? My, oh my that's it. A... My old foundation, bitch.
1: Oh my and goodness.
0: Was the the lucky phone call on oh. Facebook? You started out way better remember. than most people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was Lexi right off the beginning. And
1: most people start off with a healer mix. <laughs>
0: yeah. I had I did go through that so. You went well, through that pain. Well, Please I, tell I me about Lexi it. and then. Yeah, I was, I was a dumb cowboy there for a bit, and I I saw a collie, healer, mix, for 200 bucks, I tried it, and it was short-lived. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the dog it, was short-lived? Well, uh, no, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get rid of it that way, but I got rid of it, and uh, I was blessed to have a, a very good dog at the beginning, and it, it yeah. It, How was your learning
2: curve? Um getting to hang a train in her or is she just natural or what do you what kind of challenges did you run into there
0: well i mean in anything uh, i i like training so it wasn't like i was uh, oblivious i have yeah. started thousands of goals. i've been it's not like i'm oblivious to like trying to teach something mm-hmm. um but my wife when she said well you don't even know how to train a dog it, it sparked something to me People, was Like, yeah. well this dog's gonna be broke like i was gonna prove my wife that. <laughs> yeah right This sucker's going to get broke. Um, And so I actually, at this point, I lived in in a city, so I lived right in Lethbridge. And um, I actually, I had that dog's flanks on without stock. I had it with a bag. Like a bag on a stick. Like she knew come by and laying down on a bag on a stick. Really? Before she went to stock. Where'd
1: you learn that? How'd you pick that up?
0: I just... You just thought of it. I just thought of it. I don't have stock in my backyard. Yeah. And by the time she was four or five months old, she was wanted to chase a little thingy. Yep. Yep. Uh,
1: Use it to your advantage. Well,
0: I'll make her chase this and then lie her down because she wants it, obviously. And and I I haven't I'm stupid. I saw dogs when I was younger from 15. I saw a few, right? And mm-hmm. any dog that I thought was anything, someone had a good down on it. Yeah. So I thought, well if i can overcome its desire to chew this this plastic bag and lie down well hopefully that will transition to when i go on the stock yeah. and um
1: how'd that turn out
0: it at the first little bit she was deaf to it obviously because <laughs> she was yeah. keen on stock and adrenaline i actually we i went to an arena a guy named tyler harker just outside of Lettsbridge and i still remember he said well the sheep were down at the other end and i i didn't really know he said, just unclick her and see what she does. And she was four months old, and she crawled on her belly all the way down across that arena, just just marching down there. And I remember Tyler said, well, you can't lose on this deal. like He, yeah. he said that to me. Yeah. And uh, she got there, and she just pushed him into the wall. He's like, just go down there and bump her. And uh, okay, so I went down there. I had a little stick, and I hit her in the corner. And she kind of knew that a little bit from just my playing around with her mm-hmm. and she just went around and brought him right back to my legs and yeah after that I was I was hooked yeah, yeah. She, she was uh I, I always say she was she was broke herself yeah. like she was
2: those are the best ones when they're just it yeah. comes natural for them and you just kind of redirect them a little bit mm-hmm. so um this is you've bred that dog since quite a bit. Um, you yeah, want to talk about your breeding program a little bit?
0: And. Yeah, I I bred her um to quite a few different studs actually. I mean, some people might think I've bred her too much, but mm-hmm. um she's healthy as can be, and uh, I bought a lot a lot of dogs and and there's with some success. I've had some dogs that I bought with great success, but um yeah, she's just been a very staple. The dogs that I really liked, yeah, and not and not all of them have been rock stars by mm-hmm. any means. There's there's been plenty that I wouldn't give you two red cents for them, but there's yeah. been there's been plenty that uh, have stayed with me.
2: So when you're uh, selling pups, to people and choosing who you're going to breed or to, what's your criteria and how do you go about choosing it? And what's been successful and what were sure sure fails?
0: Um, I. <clears throat> this is a good learning curve. So my um, brother had a dog, and uh, he he had a lot of potential. This dog, lots of go, lots of jam, and but he was he was pretty alligator gator. Like he's pretty chompy. And when I was first there in the dog thing, I mean that's what everyone wants, right? You want a dog bites on something, gets ragdolled all over the place, and um, so we I thought. And I thought, well, let's put that dog on Lexi because Lexi's she she she'll bite and whatever. But she's just always been just very thoughtful about what she's doing. Like if the bite isn't going to benefit this thingy, she, she's not going to not going to do it. Yeah. Or the other dog, dumber than half. Right? Yeah, <laughs> he's in there biting. He's stupid. Yeah. Like I mean, some of the dumbest shit that you've ever seen. <laughs> and, we, and we thought he was cool, right? Yes. Like, yeah. Now it's not now it's not cool to me hmm. and it because obviously I've started training I don't know, thousands of dogs now, thousands of pups I've started and I've realized that those are not the ones that I love at the end. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and those ones and, and there were some pups out of the, that cross that were okay and some that they weren't good. Yes. Yeah. So did you but,
1: keep anything back from them or are they all gone now?
0: They are all gone. Yeah. 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 Uh, they. Yeah.
1: So what was the next dog you bred to her that you are like, I like what I'm seeing?
0: Um, I bred to a dog named Tell that Jeff Orwell actually owns. Um, he's in like the word cow yeah. world. Um, and the reason I, I kind of got on to him is I, I started thinking differently. I, I heard of a, a dog that went to Northlands at 15 months old and he placed third and that was tell and there's a i don't know what stories are all true but apparently after that abe marshall had him and someone paid abe marshall way too much money so abe sold him and um the guy that bought him ended up getting a divorce he was hiding the dog oh geez somehow yeah okay, anyway, a good story he didn't, he didn't have to come up with the money to buy the dog back and that's how I think Jeff got him. And don't quote me on all that. But mm-hmm. anyways, so I was interested in tell. And I saw uh, Jeff McKenzie ran a dog named Angus. Uh, which Ken was, McKenzie. Yeah, Ken. Yeah. Ran a dog named Angus, which would be a half sibling to tell. So I my, saw a couple tell pups from other litters. And I took my female up there. and That was the, that's. I, I would say it was the first time I really put some thought into what I was mm-hmm. reading. I shouldn't say I didn't put thought into other, but my thought process wasn't in the right area. It was a little yep.
2: more sound. Here. You bet. Yeah. So, um, you, tell had traits that were more consistent with her strengths rather than trying to compensate for something that maybe was less desirable. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, the biggest thing for me now when I look at a stud dog or, or anything is... I, I don't look for the ones that fly in. I don't even care if they bite. I I really much like when I see something confront them that they handle it like it's their day job. Yes. Like they just... Confidence. Yeah, they just take it like, okay, like I fixed the problem and it's over. Yeah. Dogs that just can't just fix it and be over with, I, I have very much stayed... You're from.
3: do
1: you find that so that excitement that occurs um and then they can't reel it back in and continue doing things with a sound mind do you think that comes from genetics or maturity or do you find that um where does that usually stem from or can you get away from it
0: i would say it stems highly on genetics i mean um lexi my lexi female that I, we're talking about my old dog um she she just never ever had problems with it like and and when i first started here i had 800 mama cows the dog break like it's not like every cow where i work never saw a dog in their life Mm -hmm. and i started here at calving season and i started (laughs) i started my i started working my dog at calving season. Mm-hmm. I was so... And she was green too. I was so pumped to yeah. have an agriculture job, to, be able to work my, <laughs> have to work my dogs yeah. ride my horses. Prove your wife wrong. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and so I was excited. And I and I came out to 800 pairs with one dog. I had a couple other young ones, but she was my main dog. And she dog broke 800 pairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I never ever saw a big ordeal with it. Yeah, And if I... Borrowed the, some other dogs. It was just a shit show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, that is huge.
1: So after Lexi, um, you're into keeping females back. Um, we'll ask you about that in a couple minutes. But who did you keep back from her after that?
0: So I kept back uh, my what I would call my main dog now would be Rosie. Mm-hmm. So she's a Lexi um, daughter. And... Um, yeah, she would be four now. I kept back another dog, Tip, which was a male that I ended up selling to Stetson Roberts. Mm-hmm. And he he just breath broke his femur now four or five months ago. So he's still alive, and, but he's not he's not working. Anymore. But Stetson's Tip. done
1: really good with him, hey? Yeah,
0: Stetson won uh, the Canadian finals with Tip mm-hmm. uh, as a as a three year old, and. I mean, this, just an example of an, an individual that took dogs, um, was greener in grass, but took it really seriously. Yeah. Um, he went to two trials. He went to and entered novice, you know, obviously realized you shouldn't be in the novice class. He entered one open and won the Canadian finals in the open. Oh, good for him. So it's, uh, there's a uh, hard work and dedication can go a long ways in the industry,
3: mm-hmm.
1: yes. yeah, absolutely. So, then let's go back to that question about your females. Um, you obviously have a lot of like dogs that you train in your kennels, like that, that you don't own, but you typically keep just females.
0: I, and it's nothing not that I have anything against a, a male, I actually have a whack of males coming up, mm-hmm. uh, mostly because all my litters haven't had any flipping females, <laughs> anymore, but yeah, um. <laughs> I guess that my big thing on keeping females back, why I preferred for a while there to keep females back is because one, I wasn't in everyone's yard to see the females that they're breeding. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't, it was countless things. Now there's Facebook pages and you see hundreds of litters on there and I message almost 99% 99% of the people there on those pages. Every litter that says border collie that I have working parents, I message them, and I say, um, I'm interested in the litter. Can I have videos? And I would say 95% of them can't come up with any video. And I'm and I'm not um, I'm not asking them to get me a video of the of the dog hanging off a. Yeah. Cows and owls. Any kind anything. of video. Just, I just want to see the dog work. <clears throat> and so I had, a, I had a hard time finding litters that I wanted to spend my money on. I, I'm a cowboy. Huh? Mm-hmm. And so I had my Lexi female and I started breeding her and I started to have far more success with pups. I was raising than the ones that I would just take a shot mm-hmm. at. Yeah. And uh, so... I guess the, the reason I started keeping, or collecting females is because a necessity now, because I had a ranch job, I, I need a dog. Yeah. And I, and I had a higher percentage of keeping pups out of the females than I knew what they were. Well,
2: Probably a bit more cost effective too than going out and buying, uh, you know, they're, they're asking a lot of money for these pups yes. and you don't know
0: when, or if you don't know, mm-hmm. I guess. So. And, and I mean I want to preface that. Not every dog that comes out of my female is some barn burner. No. If it was, everyone would be doing that.
2: Mm. None of them, it never works that way. You can have the two best dogs in the world and you're going to have duds. Yeah, you it's bet. That's how it goes. Yeah. yeah. Huh. That's, um, so plans, uh, for developing your bloodlines for the future? What do you got in mind? What are you thinking?
0: Um... Well, I got, I have a couple Lexi daughters. I have Rosie still, and I have an, a young one called Cat that I, I quite like. She'll be coming to here. Um, Lexi's getting old, so I can't yeah. bank on Lexi for the rest of her life um, to have pups. And so in some aspects, I, I, I have no problems looking for outcrosses yeah. or stuff to bring in. I buy dogs all the time. I got a new one in the, the truck right now, just out out the door. That's not from my genetics, and there's some great people that have great programs, and so I'm always looking to cross some great programs onto mine. Yeah. If if you stick in just okay, my Lexi's God's gift to Earth. Oh yeah. Well, I maybe there's something better out there. Yeah. Right. Maybe maybe there's there is better.
1: You're shooting yourself in the, the oh, long run.
0: In the long run, so I mean. Do I, would I say, yeah, I have a program that I, that I quite like, but I'm, I'm not against throwing things. I'm not against bringing stuff in from the UK. Oh, you got to be open. It, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't bother me if someone has a better dog than, than me. I, I hope someone has a better dog than me. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's the whole, and so another thing with the reason I liked females is because when I do go to a show, I can see a lot of quality males yes. out there. I I have there's cream of the crop of males all over, it. and I can drive to Texas. I can drive to Wyoming. Does it suck? Yeah, it sucks. No one wants to. Oh crap! My dogs in the heat. Like we got to go right. But I can do that. Mm-hmm. The other way around. Um, now I'm getting some some males, and and I and it it's tough. I this part of it maybe I, I take I could have offended my neighbor. Literally two days ago, he came up to the cabin barn right here and said, "Hey, what male do you have?" And I and I I love the genetic. I describe this. I love bettering the dogs enough that I don't care about the money. Yeah. As and he and I said, "Well, what is the female?" And he, and not even saying the female is bad, but I said, "I got to watch a video," and, and I told him, "No, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna breed it." And and he was. I could tell he was peeved at me, like I was, like that I was calling his dog shit, and it's not that, it just, I'm going to be very particular in what I'm just going to breed, and I I wish, I feel like if the rest of the dog world was really honing down on that, then it would be a lot easier to find dogs that we, we truly thought were great.
2: Yeah, and there'd be less junk out there making a bad name for dogs so that, you know, people don't want them on their place, too. Mm-hmm. So,
1: You've uh, obviously raised quite a few letters, Callan. Um, do you have a certain way you like to do it? Um, is there some stuff that you have a few secrets up your sleeve where you're like, this is something that contributes to being a good dog?
0: I think, I mean, I'm lucky because now I have children, and that's that's awesome. I mean, they can go play with them and they can um, or just out or wherever. Um, I think the more you can just get them out in into public, I mean, is is huge. Like, I I recommend people actually take their litter to the dog park, like, yeah. and let them sniff and 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 I have a hard time. You'll you'll hear anyone that's in the dog. They get so many dogs, and or they work on a ranch and they don't have enough time and they throw a dog in the kennel for yeah. And not that they don't like touch them or handle them, but they stay in their their round, if that makes sense, like in their home. So I, I think a big indicator uh, that I've seen is the pups that I haul to rodeos and have on my lap and just watching or whatever, they just come with a little bit more of confidence. You betcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, and I and I don't I don't know if I have any secrets. I I think it's pretty everyone kind of knows it. It's just having enough gumption to do it. Um, I mean, with, I don't know. I, I let my pups be pretty puppy for a while until I start seeing them like, okay, you don't look like a pup anymore. Well then stop jumping on me. And I, and I don't make a big deal about it. I don't need to step on their paws or anything. I just tap them on. Like, I just treat them like, I don't know.
1: A bit of a grown up now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's all I kind of do. And then I, you can really tell when, I mean, I have a pup from you, Allison, mm-hmm. and he's keen. But I, if I work him a few days in a row, all of a sudden he's kind of not that he's not keen. But okay, well, put you away for a couple days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just reading your dog is, and there's some dogs. I mean, Lexi, I used to, I trained on her hard for like four months on. Like she was just, yeah. and some pups don't just can't don't, happen. Don't do that. Not that they. Not that they won't hack it, it's just I, I've also seen people come to my house and feel lessons, and they'll have like some six-month-old pup, and they're like, "Well, it's not working like yours." Well, who gives a shit right now? Yes. And and they are mad at it. Like they're mad at it before they even go in because it's not ready. And I'm like, give it up. "It's not broke." <laughs> well, it's not even got its tail down yet. Well, yeah. not that the dog's not confident. It just needs. Yeah. And so I see some cowboys burn their dog out before. Oh, totally. They make him so insecure about life Yes. because the cowboy's not happy with how he looks as a six-month-old pup while way too much. And kind and of back to our it.
2: earlier conversation about why people aren't having success with these dogs and finding ways to be able to use them successfully is, like, I think it is a lack of management of expectations. Like, my dogs go from hero to zero all the time in, in a working scenario, and it takes so much to figure out, you know, just kind of what to appreciate about them and pick out the good points and keep building that confidence and, uh, you know, keep a sound mind so that you might have something in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. But uh, people are pretty quick to find the faults yeah. and, uh, and give up. So, yeah, it's an easy thing. So what about uh, getting a foundation on these pups and starting them? And uh, how do you uh, go about that?
0: Well, I mean, in uh, another episode, Jack talked about just working without many commands. Um, I think my biggest thing that, and I haven't gone to any clinics, so it's a double-edged sword, right? I might not know something I should, and I've learned. So most of what it has taught me is just working a lot of freaking dogs. Yeah. Like, and I've learned that if I can get one's tail right. Yes the commands is really easy. Like teach them to go left and right and stop. It's not rocket science. Like if you're fair to the dog, generally he'll, and if he's not scared of you, as long as he doesn't take that as a a negative, any of those things as a negative. So a lot of times I I just like kind of let see them flow, Mm -hmm. get a flow around their stock. And if one's naturally wants to come in I have no problem with it if you want to come in but I mean I'm piggybacking off a lot but I I listened to the other episodes milk talked about did did biting the stock make it a better or worse mm-hmm. and so if I take a pup a lot of times I say, come on in come like come into your stock I want to see what you want to do close yeah and get comfortable um, I think and not that I'm a big trialist, that I've, I haven't won anything or done anything spectacular in the trial world, but I see a lot of dogs at trials that are not comfortable working close. Right. And the problem about that is if your dog isn't more comfortable working close, well, a trial pen in the arena is close.
2: Mm-hmm. So you get lots of opportunity in the feedlot to build that up and kind uh, of your scenarios you're working yep. in earlier on. So... Um, do you want to comment on that a little bit? I'm rolling them into the work scene?
0: Yeah, I mean, I take a young pup, I mean, every dog's different, and a lot of times it's different not because of the dog, it's different because it's a different time of season. Okay. On how I will train one. I mean, right now, I usually bring a dog to work while I'm calving. I don't use them a ton out in the cabin, pasture because what are they going to do haul a calf in for me like, yeah but yeah. i do have 10 minutes and i'll go up to the feedlot pen and i will like let's say i'm training one i will just teach them to push cattle yeah you uh, know obviously i do it in a manner but it, i don't have to just grind on them in the training pen right mm-hmm. like it's not like i'm teaching flanks it's
1: more real life scenarios yeah, like, yeah.
0: just push them up in that corner yeah um it out of the pen and let's bring them all back in into the pen.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Giving them purpose.
0: Yeah.
1: So typically, um, feedlots in general, like we were talking about before, um, a lot of feedlots, public feedlots, kind of thing. They don't like dogs around, and clearly, mm-hmm. you've got to change these guys' minds quite a bit. Um, and the cat respect the dogs, um, but you guys also have new stuff coming in the wow. feedlot and stuff like that. How do you go about? that with your dogs
0: so I think a lot what what, there's been other episodes where you've mentioned that there's a lot of bridges that have been burned Mm -hmm. so I take and and I every dog that I come into let's say I have a, a young a young dog that's got some bite to him sometimes I have that sometimes I got to control well if if you gain enough trust with your people that you work with that you're not just going to unclick a dog that's going to go savage all of a sudden the people you work for have no problem with you taking your 10 minute lunch break to go up in that pen because they know you're not going to destroy anything or or wreck their cattle right Mm -hmm. and so i mean that's i guess for me it's where i am working getting the trust that I'm not hiding that I'm going up in the pen they, they don't care because they've seen whatever you want to call it stockmanship yeah. in what I'm doing and so I think if that became cooler yeah. for lack of better words if mm-hmm. it became cooler to have the dog that can bite and and just lay back down yeah that would change in the industry yeah. but what happens if you just have Johnny Joe that wants a cow dog that doesn't Take any initiative to get a good one. You know, yep. you're gonna burn your bridge, and yeah, for a lot of people, you uh, yourself and whoever wants to get mm-hmm. there you're hired on next. Yeah.
1: So, how do you think people can go about um, building that bridge back up with people? You know, you talked earlier about how you rolled into this place and um, built it up enough that you could be pretty much the sole cowboy here, where you it's just you and your dogs, right? Mm-hmm and the two other guys but um how do you yeah how do you go about building that trust back
0: i think um well i mean if i recommended anyone is don't expect to be hired on as a cowboy that knows what they're doing with dogs if you don't know what you're doing with dogs yeah, that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, i i think um it goes a long ways to say hey i have this skill set um and you know what? If 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 someone came to me, let's say we were hiring, and they said, you know what, Callan do we want you to hire a guy. Well, if someone came here and said, I have the skill set with dogs, I said, okay, bring your dog. And you'll tell within five minutes if the individual has the skill set or not. Yeah. If, if someone says, you know what, I can rope, but uh, I'm handy, I can rope a cow, or whatever. Well, all I'd have to do is take a sawhorse out and throw him a 30-foot rope. Yes. And say, I want to see you swing that. You know instantly mm-hmm. whether he's full of shit or if he can do what he's saying. You'd, you'd know real quick. And so an example would be, uh, I'm, I'm gonna mention Stetson Roberts. He's a, he's a great friend of mine. Um, he had nothing to do, he worked at a feedlot. He never had any dogs. And I told him and said, hey, like, this is really fun you should get into dogs you work at a feedlot yeah and he said wow oh, maybe I should uh, I said no like do it I'll help you along like I'll I'll help you we'll, we'll learn how to do it together and he had, he got that tip dog and and that was a phenomenal idea. that dog broke he was broken when he was six months old like he knew everything at the time he was six months old and so Stetson was like wow this is <laughs> cooler shit and Stetson never took that dog to work he just did it as he came to my house. We played on sheep. We came up to the feed lot, and we messed around. The dog was six months old, and this ain't gonna happen for everyone. Mm-hmm. You might have to wait till two years old or whatever. But he was lucky. He was broke, and all he did is went to his boss at work and said, "Hey, I, I got this dog. Watch a video of it." And he and he showed his boss the video, and he's, holy hell. That's it. and now, that whole feedlot has got two cowboys with four dogs oh that's awesome and so i mean that was that's a prime example Mm -hmm. that is yeah of literally the the ranch that's 40 minutes away that didn't have dogs that now and and the the manager there is not against now stetson has free reign you bring whatever dog he wants because he's trusted if someone else brings a dog they do the same protocol the manager comes to a feedlot pen and they say, I want to see your dog. And that's, and that's literally what's happening over in that, that feedlot. Mm-hmm. And if you can show that your dog is half under control and can be usable.
3: Oh.
2: Wow. Wait till I word gets in. feedlot alley. There's not going to be enough dogs in yeah. the country and the price is going to skyrocket. We'll yeah. be rolling in it. We'll be rolling. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's a good topic. Uh, the price of dogs. We covered a little bit before we um, started the podcast, but um, yeah, tell us a little bit about that, what you think about the price of dogs right now, if it should go up or down, if it's reflective on what they're worth.
0: Whether it should go up or down, I I don't know. Um, This is my opinion on it. They should go up and down on, on the parents being proven. So when I when I say that when when there is a male or a female crossed together that are are actually proven, not just someone saying, Oh, you should see this son of a bitch on out on the ranch. Because if I had a nickel for every time I heard that yeah, I'd really be a to wealthy, <laughs> wealthy individual. Yeah. And then I see the that dog and I'm like, Are you flipping kidding me? Yeah. Like it's so the problem is is until everyone is educated on what really good one is and what one that's not, the price is going to stay very level because Johnny Joe down the street can sell one for a thousand bucks, the same price that Tim just won the Canadian finals with and they bred the dog that, like like an extremely talented individual. Mm -hmm. Now, there's the the line of saying, well, I don't want to try a dog. I don't want to. I I wanna work dog. Well, I I get that because there's some trial dogs that I won't buy litter from either. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying there's not warrant to that, but there's people in the industry that are trialing that have the best dogs. Yeah. They're strong, they're forward, they work stock correctly, they have feel there is that in the industry and I and I shouldn't say there's not individuals out of the trial world that do that because I I've only been trialing for three years and I would like to say that I was one of those individuals I worked my dog but I had no problem with someone said hey can I get a video of it I had zero you bet mm-hmm. I'm in the tractor right now with it I'll jump out and take a video yeah so the the price of dogs I, w- I would love to see um, litters that were really proven go up. Yeah. Myself and not not that aspect that I want well of course I want to become rich but not the aspect that I want to become rich. It's because I know there's a hell of a lot of work that goes behind proving Mm -hmm. dogs. It's not a willy-nilly thing that dogs become proven.
2: Yeah. What... So what is it that falsely drives the value of these dogs In
0: I mean, kind of got me stumped there because I, I don't know how to, how to for sure answer that. I think some of it, it falsely drives it because there's a lot of people in the industry that will breed any female that comes through their doorstep. Yeah. So there's a lot of females that haven't done shit in their life and they go to Tim's dog, that one, whatever, and they breed it. And that's all that's advertised. And so the pups are now priced on the one dog that's proven. And so that until people realize, I mean, it's happened in the horse world. Um, 20, thirty years ago, there used to be people that just had brood bear mares for The rainers and the cutters and the horse was just well bred. That's what a brood mare was Just a well-bred mare that they kicked babies out of and people did great on some of their colts yeah. and there were some of those mares that got known to be producers now a, a High-end level cutter or high-end rainer they don't buy colts out of mares that haven't won $100,000. Yeah. yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. And, yeah, and they're
1: pulling in like eggs and embryos and stuff, yeah.
0: And and it's not because, and the reason behind that is because people that are in it have realized the big success is horses that have on higher chances have been out of money earning mares. You bet.
2: Well, maybe we should talk about the associations we have in Canada that are hosting different types of trials that are helping to prove these dogs. Do we want to comment on that a little bit? And what have you participated in and your experiences with it? And where
0: the they could the improve? Bad? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think the association putting on trials is going to promote good in in a large scale, no matter what, whether it's. The Canadian Cattle Dog Association, the NCA, and there might be drama in those associations, which I don't really get involved with. I don't There's no way don't really, that I don't in really yeah. get in that. I mean, but the aspect that we are running trials is, is a huge thing. I mean, having those associations I don't think is in any way detrimental to growing the sport. Um, and I call sport, whatever you want to call it, um, for lack of better terms, I call it a sport. But to me, like that is a, an outlet so that guys that put this much effort into dogs at work can go show off what they have. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, if... I I actually remember one of the first trials I I entered Lexi into to Northland's sheepdog trial. I was already up there for the ranch rodeo, and uh, I'd been to one cow dog trial with her in like our little town trial and a sheepdog trial in our town. With, like there was maybe like ten dogs. It wasn't a big yeah. thing, and uh, it was actually my brother that said y- you need to enter that dog somewhere, like. And I, I don't know. He's like, you're already going to Northlands, enter her. Right. And, and so I went up there and everyone might say like in agriculture, there's gatekeeping or whatever you want to call it. I went there and yeah, no one knew what, nobody knew me. I was literally nobody and uh, I had my Lexi dog and I just sort of stood in the corner and I was scared. Cause yeah. I'm going against people that I've heard their names of. I don't even know what they look like. Yeah. And, uh, I ran my Lexi dog and she, we didn't win or anything, but we presented ourselves. Respectfully. Respectfully. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I actually remember Ken, he won it with Angus that year and he came up to me and shook my hand. and He said, that's a nice dog. And so in an the aspect of, of trials that, that changed my life in the aspect of you know what like this is a community that's wanting people to come and and get involved in it and so I never had the feeling of like Dale Montgomery doesn't want me to here because I might be next competition yeah or peter or or whatever right yeah. it um and I think anyone that sees that you're putting in hard work will respect you Absolutely. Like if they can see that you have a true desire to come there with the best trained dog you possibly can, they're going to, they're going to respect you. And so in the aspect of, do I think these associations are a great thing? Yeah, because it's going to better, it's going to make you better stockman. Yeah. Yeah. In Mm -hmm. a short amount of time, if you put the effort in, if you put the effort in, there's lots of things that... Um, and for example, I, I, that Northlands, my dog did good for, her. she'd never been to anything like that. But when I came home, I said, well, I need to fix this and this and this. Yes. Well,
2: yeah. It's on, a place and to... she
0: was a good, and, and my opinion, homework. she was a good dog. I yeah. had something to go home because I never saw those little things yeah. at home working cows. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. To me, she stood her ground on a cow. She did a damn good job today. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that she well, okay she's slicing in a little bit there you know what putting those sheep along the fence and to shoot yeah. well all of a sudden i realized my dog's lacking in that and it's not because it's my dog it's because of myself mm-hmm. so i need to go home and and fix that yeah mm-hmm. and so yeah I, I will i will promote trialing all all day long yeah. i'll i'm on two ends of the thing i'll promote trialing all day and then i want to promote proper breeding yes. yeah. That's, if, if we could mix the two of those yeah. I think our dogs have some would, nice dogs our dogs would our dogs would just increase in, in quality
1: so with as many good dogs we have we also have uh, some calls yeah so how what's your call process how early and that kind of a deal yeah
0: so um, I would say there's there's a, do- a couple different levels of calling so um, I've had, um, uh, just an example, I had a dog named Kona, um, I have videos of her. I, she was a quality dog and there was just a few things about her that I couldn't overcome mm-hmm. and, and she was broke. Like in the training aspect, she overcome all, like she was broke, but there were some weaknesses in her, but she was a really good dog, like good even sell her for really good money, and there was multiple people that messaged me said, "When are you breeding Kona?" They saw videos of her, yeah. and I was sitting there. I couldn't do it. I didn't. I didn't think she, when I'm comparing her to my best, she wasn't. She wasn't my best, and and so, in my aspect, I called her, but she wasn't a call. Yeah. Does that make sense? No. I sold her and for decent money, like. It helped us pay bills, mm-hmm. but it so there. Sometimes the word call is like a negative, like, oh, well, I bought a dog from it, I had to call it. Well, if it's a good quality dog, there's levels of calling, if you that bet. makes sense. So there's calling, like, this isn't breeding quality, but you bet you could probably go win a bunch of trials with it, and it's actually probably a really good work dog. Yeah, and then there's calling, this is a hunk of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah like this is yeah. going to a pet home yeah like instantly yeah. so i i would i would like to say that i give every dog uh a fair opportunity yes to become either barn burner or the second call where i say well it's not what i want but i'm going to i see potential enough it that i'm going to finish breaking it And someone will be able to use this dog and it is going to be probably the best dog that they've ever had at Mm -hmm. their place. Yeah. So in length of time, I mean, there's some pups that I know instantly. I put them on stock and I'm like...
1: Do you tend to hold a grudge toward those dogs at all or do you still try to, um, you know, give them a fair shot but you know you're not keeping them so maybe you're not as excited about them?
0: Oh yeah, I mean, there's there's an aspect of dogs that you just love from the beginning and you, you just know. I mean, everyone loves certain dogs. I love, obviously I love Lexi, obviously I love Rosie. I have a dog named Tan I love. And uh, just a prime example, I when I put Rosie out, I had a ram mixed in with some ewes and he could get kind of hungry and I was kind of working uh, and she was four months old and that ram turned around and kind of got on its back feet and like dove at her and she just grabbed it by the nose she was four months old, and I instantly fell in love with her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <And laughs> like it's because she grabbed it by the nose, and then it, it was like nothing even happened. Yeah, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, I think I have, I think I have one. So, yeah. whether sounds cheesy, or you get that bond instantly, and you're like, "I'm putting some time into this sucker." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, that that does happen. But do I? Would I say that I get? I I would say. Dogs have really helped me in my life in the aspect of learning, not uh, just controlling my own temper.
3: Mm.
0: Not that I am like it, but to having patience, uh, there's nothing more, a dog will teach you more patience than any, anything. And you you can either say, well, each dog, there's that saying, each dog can teach you something. Yeah. well, it just to me each dog is just better than my patients. Whether they've taught me about how to teach a dog how to flank, I have no clue. I just think yeah. it's they've taught me that it, it's not a huge deal if one's not turning out because it. If if you want longevity in this training dog business, you're just gonna have to accept some aren't mm-hmm. aren't yeah, aren't man. up to snuff, and and I guess. The biggest thing that I would say that's helped me is I think it stems from like my whole life is you, you can't take and make your investment what your dog is going to be. So like I see some people, they buy the dog and and they might pay a really good price for the dog, $1,500 for a puppy. And that dog is going to be the best dog, no matter how good or bad it is yes and i've taken that equation away from me i don't care how much i've spent on this dog if it's not good it's not staying yeah. but do i hate it for it no i that'll make you a really sour person yeah you'll be disappointed, you'll a, be lot. disappointed <laughs> yeah. a lot i'm going to be a happy person yeah. for very long
2: back to managing expectations hey? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is one of I, I think one of the defining differences between the horse and the dog world. You can um, you can shape a horse up to do something to maybe get some value back, but a dog, you're uh, you're you're dealing with that instinct that exists within that animal, and mm-hmm. um, there's sometimes only so much you can do with it, and uh, and uh, you got to be able to read their read their body language, and I don't know. I think it's just it's a it's a bit different that way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like we go. A lot of I mean obviously when you're talking to a cowboy you go back and forth to uh, I a full you can't out train genetics so if, it, if it's not there where a, a, a cowboy can train a, a horse to you can have a horse that's not cowy at all yep. yeah. learn how to track a cow yes you
1: can pull them around all day yeah and, and yep. they'll learn
0: like okay I get to that hip and yep. the spur stop getting plowed into my left rib yep. if I just stay there yeah that, that just doesn't happen with dogs. No, no,
2: no. I, no, they don't appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, is uh, there anything else you think we should you visit about add? that you want to add? A burning opinion no, that you want to share?
0: I think I've probably shared enough of Oh, well, no. it's
2: been enjoyable. We love opinions. Right? Yeah, we, that's what we're here for is opinions. So. Yeah. But,
1: um, Callan, do you have any upcoming letters or current letters or dogs for sale that you wouldn't mind? advertising i know you have lots of people message you and stuff like that and a lineup for the pups but
0: um i don't have anything on the ground at the moment i have a couple of young ones that i'm I'm starving but i don't have anything on the ground i do plan on it kind of depends on um trial the trial that's the worst part of having females if you're wanting to take them to certain trials so um i hope to read my uh my tan female and my Rosie, and possibly Lexi again, but what? it it all depends when they come the heat. That's the worst part about females and dogs. You can't like bring them into heat like a horse yeah. and, mm-hmm. and yeah. plan it. Um, and to answer what males I I'm still uh, still I'm still on my knees praying about what males I'm gonna breed to them. So yeah. I, I don't know no no yet what I'd be breeding to them yet. Yeah. yeah um
1: well um where can they find you um you have a couple different social medias and so
0: yeah yeah. i'm on all of them you can check out my videos uh try to i try to promote i mean some people might take it as uh showing off dogs and some of that is yeah if you got a nice one you want to show people but a lot of um the videos i put out there is me hoping that some rancher poor rancher that says i can't uh I don't know if this is profitable anymore uh to have this hired guy. I I hope they see some of my videos yeah. and say, you know what, that's that's the answer to my problem. Yeah. Um. So a lot of that, and I mean, another part is is promoting my own dogs. Like I like I like it, but so yeah, I'm on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. I'm on on those three um, under Do Stock Dogs. So mm-hmm.
1: that's. What about clinics? do you have any clinics or lessons like do people come out and take lessons from you regularly?
0: yeah, I have people that uh that come out. My problem with that a little bit is I work so it's like just phone me mm-hmm. um, my number' is four zero three eight nine two six nine two three, and um i I love helping people i I truly do I'm not saying I'm a professional at it but i I actually love working with people and their dogs, um, especially if you have a good dog. Um, And we can set up a time to come to my house. And for the most part, for the first few times, I won't even charge anyone. Um, I mean, if people are coming every night, asking to come, then then I might have to say, well, I got a life too. But yeah, yeah, give me a call. I have no problems, even... um, just to talk dogs on the phone or have a problem, I have no problem with trying to answer questions. I, I appreciate uh, so many handlers that, I mean, I've never been to a clinic and partly is because I'm a poor cowboy, right? And I'm raising a family and yeah. I, it's, it's tough to come up with three, 400 bucks you to bet. do it, right? And, uh, and I got compulsive uh, disorder already of like, I'm, I'm addicted to it, into yeah. it. So I call people and ask questions um, but if I see someone that's uh, really wanting it, I have no problem giving all the information I have. Yeah. If I had a USB connection to my brain, mm-hmm. I would transfer it all over because I that do, doesn't bother me. Because I I also know that you're gonna give get all the information in the world, but if you don't go out and and implement it, mm-hmm. you're, it's not your dogs aren't gonna see the benefit, mm-hmm. and so. They can have all the information I have, which probably isn't that much. <laughs> oh, uh, but, you're,
2: tons. you're being humble. Yeah. yeah,
0: But they can have it all. And if I see their dogs are performing, I'll be happy for them because yeah. I know that that didn't happen by not going out and working them. Yeah. And I mean, I I guess uh, I had to uh, give some thoughts or final thing is I, I wish people would... I don't know Without offending anyone or saying mm-hmm. this right but I wish people would say you know what if I want this bad enough I'll I'll become good and go mm-hmm. work go out and work with your dog and have an go out with the mindset that I'm going to have patience that we're going to go somewhere because yes. if you go out like a dumb cowboy and and you say you know what I'm going to teach this dog a lesson you don't have the, ra- the right mindset and and not that I'm uh very like I'll give a a dog an ass whooping if it needed it in an aspect and when I say ass whooping to everyone on (laughs) on this podcast I don't mean go beat them in the corner but I have no problem getting into a dog and saying no that's wrong yeah and and I rarely ever would have to touch a dog to get that point across right and and there's really no big yelling or screaming if if you are getting lessons from someone like that, you're probably in the in the wrong or trainer. Yeah. yeah. In the for wrong sure. training pen. And there's yeah, I mean there's if any cowboys listen to this, there's uh, there's people that get on horses that do a lot of hard things on horses and it doesn't look like their horse yeah, and they're not broke. The horse isn't that broke, but the person can do it on them. they can go rope a cow and it. it looks like that horse is broke and someone else will get on that same horse and it's not broken they can't do it and so and the reason people have that ability is because they've learned they've spent enough time in the saddle to know what that horse is going to do before it's doing it and they can compensate it without jerking its face off mm-hmm. if that Imagine. makes sense and, yeah. I, and i have nothing against and i have the same opinion on dogs not that someone should be there babying them all the time to keep them out wide or whatever else. But they have, well, that dog most likely is going to do this. And I'm going to let him do it, but I'm going to teach him that I don't want that after he's done it. Yeah. And, and then when you've corrected it, you go on like just another Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Out in the sun. And then yeah. until it happens again, you, you just, yeah. Yeah, even But even if you get, hold a grudge against the dog, dogs are too smart. And and it, it doesn't work. Yeah. That, that is the ticket.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you, Callan. Thank you for your time. Uh, Callan's in the middle of calving here, so we should let him give back and do another check and such. We might sneak off and work some dogs with him, too. But um, if you want to reach out to Callan, for sure he's open to that. You can reach him at all those sites, as well as his phone number. He put that on there, and we'll link his email and stuff in there, too. So well thank you again for listening and uh you'll hear from us soon that's a lie